This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Look who it is. Back in the saddle. Back riding shotgun. Back to the ground. Actually, grind. you're driving. I'm riding shotgun. Yeah, sure. I'm the one we'll who's go got to lock and load as you <laughs> conduct this stagecoach through <laughs> the next hour. Stagecoach. Faster, Cameron. Oh. And that's when Cam thinks if I kicked him off this coach, we'd lose at least 400 pounds of weight. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Welcome back. How's the mid-body I'd, injury? I'd be, I'd be more, I'd be more good. So like if I kick this guy's off the coach, I don't have to pay him. <laughs> You know where I got mid-body injury from? Where? Years ago, I was doing moose games on this station, and I did the the color between the benches. That's yeah. when that phenom just started, that the color guy had to go between the benches. I'm like, I don't want to go down there. This is going to be awful. You were and a it was the greatest. It was a great – well, I, but it was already happening, but it was the greatest time of my life, like listening to the players and all that. But I was doing a pregame show, and the pregame meal in the media room prior to the moose game was tacos. And I had the meal and was doing my prep. And then I went in between the benches and our pregame show started and warmups was going on. And Claude Noel was a coach. He was on the bench. And I, as I'm talking, he comes over and pulls on my shirt. And I stop mid-sentence on the air. And Claude Noel into the mic says, if these tacos make me go boom, boom, you take over tonight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I look at him. <laughs> and I point at my mic. And he goes, oh, <laughs> he goes, just say it's a mid-body injury. And that's where I got mid-body injury for if you're under the weather or have the flu. Or yeah, that's what I, that's good. Thanks. Yeah. I, I do. It was a mid-body injury. Yeah. Back in action. It's a great Claude Noel story. Good for you. Oh, I've got, yeah. I mean, I love, uh, Claude Noel stories are endless. Oh, yeah. He used to come off, uh, he had a uh, flame taped on a stick, like the, the hockey tape that mm-hmm. you can get with flames on it. And he would always come off. So the media would be waiting. The players would come off. He would always come off the ice and goes, woo, every day. Woo, the flamethrower was flying hot today, fellas. <laughs> Did you see the snipes? Okay, you guys go do what you do. I'll talk to you at the end. And every day, the flamethrower. That and Big Shooter. I got a lot of Big Shooter from Claude Noel. We called you Big Shooter? Yeah. That was your nickname? Ken Weeb still throws it at me once in a while. Big Shooter! Remind you of happier times. Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, Carolina Hurricanes going today. Pre-game show gets going at 4 o'clock. Uh, puck drop at 6 right here on 680 CJOB. Uh, the big news coming out of the morning skate. Lines uh, looking uh, exactly identical as they were uh, for yesterday. Uh, well, not yesterday's, but... So you got my days all mixed up here from Sunday's game uh, against uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, uh, except for Josh Morrissey, he's going to be a game time decision. He was out there skating, looked like he was testing out a few things, uh, stayed out there for some extra work, um, but uh, could be in tonight against the the Carolina Hurricanes as well. Uh, David Riddick will be between the pipes. No surprise there. That's like that. And what else is there to report except for the fact that after Hellebuck stops 83 shots uh, against uh, the Panthers and then Tampa, uh, he's going to get the night off. So David Riddick is going to be between the pipes uh, for him. If Morrissey can't go today, uh, he was involved in line rushes. Uh, uh, Kyle Bianco is going to be is going to be stepping and looking to get him some uh, uh, um, some more work. So how, how do you think the team did without uh, Josh Morrissey? And, and his return back. I thought hopefully. they did well, and, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I, I thought Brendan Dillon was a guy who stepped up. He had more minutes, and he, he played mm-hmm. a lot better. Um, 
I thought the Tampa Bay game, they played better than the Florida game. Uh, I thought the Florida game being up 4-2 and, and things got out of hand. Yeah. The, the, the Tampa Bay game, the issues that the Jets had um, were self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Like they, they gave up an early goal, 119 into it, but then they played extremely well, I thought. Um, and then I like the fact, I mean, they're up 3-1 uh, with a review and get a power play. And then it was a, a very poor pass, in my opinion, from Blake Wheeler to Neil Pionk. Mm-hmm. Some people were thinking Pionk should have passed it. Well, I don't think Pionk should have shot it, but that was a bad pass from from Wheeler on the power play. What led to the shorthanded goal. That's a shooting yourself in the foot. Um, taking another penalty for a two-man advantage is shooting yourself. Like the, To me, the self-inflicted issue, or the issues the Jets had against Tampa were self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. The ones on Saturday... Florida just came at them. But look, we're, they have played well this past week. Yes. I, I, the, the Florida game is a, in a is sort of the outliner of the four games. They needed two points or four points desperately. They got it. And then the third period in Tampa, I thought they played well. And Connor Hellebuck was a star. So he's not going to go tonight, which I kind of wondered. And Kelly Moore suggested this on the post game on Sunday that maybe you run Hellebuck again because he's playing so well and will have a day off. And then you, as, as uh, Kelly way, put it... He got way too much work for that Ke- to happen. Kelly put it politely. He said, no disrespect, but you feed Riddich to the Bears, to the <laughs> Bruins. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like this move. You know, it, it, you put Riddich in tonight and then you have Hellebuck against the Bruins. It, it, people forget because of the Bruins, but they almost, they were in that game, 3-2 loss in yeah. Boston. And Hellebuck was a big reason for that. He had a huge stop on Pasternak mm-hmm. on a breakaway. But I just think that you give him the the ultimate uh, time off after those two games. But uh, he was the star in the weekend, and, and they swept Florida. It's it's is, interesting. Is this their toughest game? And I, I, I see this sort of this turnaround here, Jim. I see this turnaround uh, starting in that second game against Edmonton where they won 7-5. I mean, they lost that game against San Jose in overtime. They lost to Minnesota. Um, I mean, the next day, but those are two games that they played very, very, very well against. And then to see Florida and then Tampa, and, and I mean, those are two games that they had to have. So, I mean, and just like, as you said, I mean, this has been going on for a little bit of a week and a half now where they've seemingly turned this around. So is this sort of accumulation game here against Carolina? This isn't, this is no. a game you got to go out there and get two points in, I think. But. No, I would think a back-to-back against Tampa is a tough game. I'm, I'm not sugarcoating this. Carolina has given up the least amount of goals next to Boston. Yeah. Uh, I think Boston is the toughest game. They give up on average 25 shots a game. And, yeah. they, and they're, I think they're third in the league in shots on But on look, net. they had three goals on Vasilevsky on nine shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's to me, and we see this because I'm watching it as well, and I always go back to what Rick Bonus said in training camp. We want to allow about 22, 23, no more than 25 shots a game. And, yeah. of course, that hasn't happened a lot lately. Yeah. But uh, I look at the shot clock, and I looked at it. It was 11 to something for uh, – they only had 11 shots on net. They had three goals. So I went back and looked at it, and I'm like, they had three goals on nine shots. What was the other game in Florida? They they only had two shots and they had two goals. Yeah, and so um, I don't think this is the toughest game. Like Boston's going to be tough. You're coming off the road trip and everything else. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a very tough game. I would put it in your top five tough games of the season just because of how good Carolina is. But to me, they might not win tonight. Like this is it's tough to do this in Carolina. But Carolina's lost two in a row. I don't think that helps them. But I think if they got to play their system, they got to play their way. Like to me, it's a, they it's desperately momentum. need the points. Yeah, it's it's a, this is a game where they got to continue on this momentum. Yeah, they but can't to take me, a it's snooze. more about getting consistent yeah. in your game. As yeah. the games get shorter with the schedule, you want to be playing a certain way. And I like the way they've played over the last four games. Now, there's been some issues, of course. Yeah. 
But if they can get relatively consistent of what we've seen in the last four games and and get that night in, night out, they're going to have a chance every night. I mean, to me, if they go to overtime tonight and get a point and they come home with five of six, that's a victory. Oh, yeah, especially when you're staring at that uh, about this turnaround and then coming up to play Boston. And I, and I think the Winnipeg Jets are going to be a confident team against the Boston Bruins. I don't think you need to look past Carolina because this is going to be a heck of a test. I know that Andre uh, Svechnikov, he's going to be out indefinitely. They're looking at some other options for him. Uh, they think it might be an ACL issue. The, they're going to be talking to other doctors, but um, it's potentially that he's going to be out for the rest of the season. He's going to need some surgery. So that's, that's a big blow for them. And Carolina has not been without their, their injury issues as well. Max Pacioretty was brought in uh, to kind of solidify a lot, of their, a lot of their forward groups. And they were not busy during the trade deadline Jim um they, they can't they they, 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 they stayed very yeah. very like they're co- like listen I don't think a team with Rod Brendamore as their head coach is not going to be insanely confident whatever they do they can't score goals lately well is is this is you think that is, this is an undergoing issue or it's something that's just kind of I think it's an ongoing or- issue I think it's why you bring in look Svechnikov is a difference maker Pacioretty is a difference maker they need them but I think they can still score goals. They just can't lately. Like, it's the Winnipeg Jets, to be honest with you. Uh, The month started uh, against Vegas. They lost 3-2, so two goals. They pounded Arizona 6-1. They pounded Tampa Bay 6-0. And since uh, March the 7th, they beat in a shootout 4-3. So they scored three goals against Montreal. They scored one against Philadelphia. They scored zero against Vegas. They scored zero against New Jersey. The last four games... They've scored three regulation goals in four games. Yeah, I think, I think this is a blip. I mean, I'm looking at them right now, and they're they're 12th in the league yeah, in scoring. Yeah, it's a blip for sure. They're yeah. going to score. I'm not concerned that they're not. But much like the Jets were going to score, yeah. Much like the Jets were going to get their power play going, it was too good to not. That's <laughs> well, true. But it just it's where they're at right now. So maybe you can take advantage of them. But for me, it's all about the Jets. Yeah. They they just have to get this consistent play that we've been seeing over the last three mm-hmm. or four games and do it night in, night out, game in, game out. I know it's the Hurricanes. I know it's Boston. Um, Ross and I were talking yesterday about how the schedule gets a little easier down the stretch here Mm -hmm. after this week. But then I'll argue when they play the easy teams, they can't get wins. And when they play teams like Tampa, Florida, they've swept Tampa Bay. You know what? It's at that point in the season, Jim, where I'm looking at the schedule. It doesn't matter who's coming up next. I think a team like Boston, you're going to circle that just because – it's the 62 game. I mean, wh- how many games left do they have? And they've already clinched you the playoff spot. You don't even have spot. to circle Boston. Boston's the game you prepare for, just like you did Florida, yeah. Tampa Bay, just like you're preparing for Carolina. The room will, will get up for this. Yeah. You don't have to say anything else other than the the room. The guys in the room will look yeah. at Boston and go, this. let's see where we are. Let's yeah. see if we can beat these guys. So you don't have to coach more than that. To me, it's just about, you know, this is what we're doing right. This is what we're doing wrong. This is what we got way better at the past three games. Mm-hmm. This is what we need to do more of. This is what we want to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The opponent is is almost an irrelevancy here over the next little bit because the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, that's what this is about. These final 15 games, Jim, it's about getting ready for the postseason. Yeah. And the Winnipeg Jets, I and mean, getting in, but and getting if, in, yeah. if you were, if you get your consistent game in, you will get in. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly what I'm trying to say here is like, if, if, as long as you, you're preparing for the postseason, like you're already in there, you're going to find your way into, into it. And there, there's six points up here on Nashville. Nashville's got three games in hand, uh, Calgary's three, and they, they just can't find consistency. The Calgary flames. And I don't, I know uh, we got to go, but sorry. Yeah. This text here, if Connor Hellbuck remains to be the best player, the Jets will never win the cup. Um, what? He's not their best. He's their best player, but he's not their best player night in, night out. I just, you want, like Vasilevsky has to be Tampa Bay's best player to win two cups. 
You need you need your goaltender to be your best player in the playoffs. Colorado is the only team in the past ten years that's won a, a Stanley Cup that their goalie didn't have to be their best player. Yeah, and it was because they had about fourteen really good. I, I, I get what this texture's saying though. I here. get it too. And, and I'll read the whole thing here. If Connor Hellebuck remains to be the best player on this team, Jets will never win the Cup. Depending one hundred and ten percent on Hellebuck every year will get them to the first round of the playoffs, and that's it. Hellebuck needs more in front of him. Well, but, I, but this is my point. There yeah. is more in front of him. You're you're talking yeah. about him like he's John Gibson in Anaheim. <laughs> and he's not. Yeah. yeah. He just isn't. Yeah. yeah. John Gibson is a man on an island by now, himself. Elliot, Elliot Friedman said yesterday he thinks Connor Hellebuck is the most important goalie in the National Hockey League. I 100% I, agree I with 100% that. I 100% agree with that. And I, 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 will, I will admit with this texter, Connor Hellebuck has to be at his best for them to win a cup. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But he's not in Anaheim. Yeah. There is a top six here that can score goals. There's a, a defense here that is pretty good. There's a Norris candidate on the defense. He's not all by himself, mm-hmm. but he does have to be at his best, and they have to be good too. But it's not like without Hellebuck, there's a big drop-off of talent. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois also, just as a quick reminder, uh, from the morning skate, uh, he was not out there. There was a, sort of the expectation that he would be joining uh, the team for this final game that has not happened uh, he uh, reportedly has been in Winnipeg skating uh, and is likely, according to head coach Rick Bonus, likely to return Thursday versus Boston. Let's take a break. Let's come back. When we return after the 1230 News with Sarah McCarthy, uh, Wade Miller, Bombers president and CEO, is going to be joining us. Big news. The Bombers, Connor Hellebuck, Wade Miller? Yeah. Is that important? Is he that important? Might be. Why don't we ask him that question? Are you the Hellebuck? I don't know if we to like that question, uh, but he's pretty important. Are you the Zach Caleros of the front office? Are you the Adam Big Hill of this Grey Cup? <laughs> uh, Winnipeg's going to be hosting the Grey Cup in two years and eight months, but it's definitely something to look forward to uh, as it gets closer and closer, and I'm sure we'll have lots of more information uh, as the years and months and days go by uh, leading up to Grey Cup 2025 here in Winnipeg at IG Field. Wade Miller will be joining us after 12.30. Lots more to get to here on Jets at Noon. Don't go anywhere. Jets at Noon on 680-CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Hello. The one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. (laughs) Welcome back. Thanks. Straight-up question for you today is... Are you excited about the Great Cup? Of course. I actually went to so many Bomber games in my first year here, so I I love them. I love them. I love them. So growing up in, um, you know, the Dryden, the, the vast <laughs> the <Dryden>. metropolis, <laughs> long beaches, palm oh, yeah. trees, Dryden, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, what's 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 the feeling there? Is it mostly Bomber fans in that yes. place? Yes. Yes. I guarantee you there's lots of season tickets. As a young girl too. running through the fields of Dryden, <laughs> did you ever dream of going to a Blue Bombers game? Yeah. I can't say that I did, but I'm glad I did now. Yeah, that's right. And that's <laughs> well, least, your one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. At least you're not full of stinking Argos fans. No, no, no. We're now no. public enemy number one to That me. might as well be in another province. I'm bitter. I'm going to be bitter against the Toronto Argos. Tama's no patience for the Argos after Mm-mm. last year. No. None. Free trip to the Great yes, Cup, all great. that stuff. Exciting. Anyways. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. That could go on. Uh, anyways, uh... <laughs> I'll stop myself. Uh, the Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers, the city of Winnipeg, the province of Manitoba, will be hosting the uh, 112th 
Grey Cup in, to, in November 2025. GC112. Right, GC112 right here in Winnipeg. And to talk all about it is Wade Miller, Bombers President and CEO. Wade, uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have the Dryden Falcons that come into our game every year and play here in youth football. So Dryden is... Uh, you know, got a good football program going out there already. Wow, that's youth. that's outstanding. That's yep. great. All the way out from Dryden, and they make the trek in. That's good. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. What's the football like out in Dryden from your eye, Wade? Hey, as long as kids are playing football, it's great. So <laughs> okay. Well. Um, you know, I, I was I was asking. Of course, this is a accumulation of a lot of work, Wade. Uh, but have you had a chance to sort of reflect on how much this organization has changed and how much is different? from the last time um, that the, the, the city and, and IG Field hosted the Great Cup back in 2015? Yeah, it's, it's uh, substantially different than 2015, for sure. So, uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, things have changed dramatically. You know, it's, uh, it was great sitting with a you know, team off the field, our, our whole business ops group, um, you know, that had, you know, when we put this bid in, we were sitting around the table and everyone had worked a great cup in 2015. So, uh, you know, just a great, a great group of people off the field here too, uh, that really make a difference for this organization. We're covering all the angles today about the economics this does and, and all the, the offset and, and how proud Manitoba will be and how Manitobans always show up for these, uh, great cups, Wade, but what does it mean to the organization itself, uh, um, just to get the, to host this event again? Yeah, it just brings the, you know, uh, puts the focus again on Winnipeg. And it, as you said, it's great for the province, great for the city, and great for the football club. And gives our fans the opportunity to attend a great cup in their home city. And then to show the rest of the CFL fans who travel from literally coast to coast uh, what it means uh, to come celebrate and, and have a big party in Winnipeg. And that's where we're going to make this entire great cup festival. How long has this uh, announcement been in the works, Wade? Uh, I've been working on it for a while, and uh, you know there was a whole bid process for both the 2024 and 2025 game. Um, so glad that it's over today. We're focused uh, back in, you know, for 2023 here and get ready for the season, and uh, and then the planning and and work begins uh, to get ready for this Grey Cup in 2025. Anything new or changed, or is that all in the works right now? Now that it's been secured. Yeah, stay tuned. I'm not. I'm not sharing any of those details today. But we we plan on, uh, you know, extending that festival week and really starting on the Monday and going throughout the province and like we did last time, where the Grey Cup did a tour up to Churchill. Um, you know, but we're gonna really focus on going east and west as well as going north, like we did last time. So we'll and maybe we even make it out to Dryden. <laughs> Dryden. And, and I'm not kidding. You know, so. Uh, you know, we we do have a good fan base out there, all the way to the border. So, will Nickelback be here? Uh, I don't know. Are you going to be here? Like, <laughs> For the great I know that twenty twenty five. That's a good question, Wade. I don't know actually, and if I don't ask a better question, I might not be. So we'll find out here. Um, you mentioned Churchill and Dryden and and all of that. It, when tickets go on sales, we all know the other CFL teams want some and everything. How would it all work to ensure that like everybody from the province gets some? And, and even the people out in Dryden, like you said, I, I've gone to that part of Ontario before and seen bomber hats, bomber hoodies, um, making sure that it's just not like a Winnipeg or a Manitoba thing. It's, it's all bomber fans uh, that will take part in this great cup. Yeah, for sure. The The best way to secure your seats, become a season ticket member, uh, and you'll have the first right to buy your ticket at, at a reduced price. 
um, and then our flex pack holders as well. And then from there, it'll be an opportunity for the rest of the season ticket members across the CFL, and then it opens up to uh, fans uh, in Manitoba after after those uh, two groups of people have uh, been taken care of. It's a long runway here, uh, wait. I mean, two years, eight months, and a and a couple of days here. I mean, with, with so much time and uh, and and time to prepare things and, and get everything sort of in order, how does that how does that change the way that this this event is planned, as well as the festivities and, and everything else around it? Yeah, it really makes a big difference having the notice this far in advance, and just gives us the lead time to be able to execute this uh, more efficiently and uh, and and really from a. Uh, um, business perspective uh be able to plan it the right way and then and then uh you know not not uh, have to bring on an additional staff right away uh to try to get all the work done we'll be able to do it as we move forward final one for you wade but i mean the idea of it coming here and, and being sold out is always at the forefront we do so well regardless but i'm i mean what would it mean if the bombers two years from now could be in this game on their home field uh, has that ever been done before uh, uh, yeah, it's been done for sure. No, they, I don't mean in the CFL. I meant in Winnipeg. Uh, no, I don't believe so. So, uh, again, I, uh, your question, you meant to say when, right? Not yes, if. yes, yes of when. Yeah, when so they, this is your when second they get question today, Jim. So yeah. it's when, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. So, also yeah. the Nickelback one. I get what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, for <laughs> sure. It's It's going to be special. So, um, And, you know, we're going to focus on 2023, and then, then we got to, you know, 2025 is a long time away, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll just pencil Chad Kruger in here. I won't put it in pen, but I'll just pencil it in. Okay, thanks a lot, Wade. Appreciate it. Pencil and Caleros and Big Hill and Jefferson. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. <laughs> we appreciate it, Wade. Congratulations, by the way, too. Yeah. I know this is a big event for the organization and the province, and you do it for both, so uh, it's yeah. a it's great announcement, and congratulations. Yeah, it's great, and it's great to do it with our radio partner as well. As, uh, you know, it's 6AACJOB, so uh, we look forward to it. So thanks, guys. Thanks, Wade. You Thanks, take care. Wade. Bomber president and CEO, of course, a big day here. Um, and exciting. And, you know, it's 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 different around uh, this time around just because of where the organization and the franchise is right now. Yeah. I mean, back in 2015, I mean, things were not in a good spot with the organizational. The issues with the stadium had really not been ironed out at that time. Now it's running a heck of a lot smoother um, than well, it was Well, just you're successful, yeah. too, on the field. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, honestly – Look, we all want the Bombers to be in this game for the next seven years, not Mm -hmm. just the next two or three. But if that could happen, it would be phenomenal. But this is going to be a success most likely regardless. But to do that with this organization and and the way this organization has been running the past five years, not just the last three, Mm -hmm. it's all like it's the key to it is to keep it retooling it now. And they've done a phenomenal job of this. But hosting the Grey Cup is always a blast. Um, I've been here for both or for two now, and it's just a, a great, you know, time. The province gets behind it. And then even that they do such a good job. Like I didn't know a team came in from Dryden, mm-hmm. but I know that kids come down from Churchill in the Northern part of the province. And they yeah. do such a great job of making it because we call it Manitoba's team, but it really is. Um, that part of Ontario, Northern Manitoba, parts of Saskatchewan, like yeah. there are a ton of bomber fans across the country. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a great time. It's a great event. I know 680 CGOB will be all over this event uh, when it uh, arrives and prior to that as well. And continue coverage on today's announcement today too. Uh, moving forward, let's take a break. We'll come back uh, six, right here on 680 CGOB and Jets at noon. Winnipeg Jets in action today. Carolina, 4 o'clock pregame show this afternoon. Puck drop at 6 Leader of men here. Worthy to say last week for Fort Just Shea. an outstanding He's bringing back the classic, uh, Nickelback classics here. 
Uh, turn this one up here. We went into the Juno's Hall of Fame last night. Connor McDavid, didn't the he? The Canadian uh, Music Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. uh, Nickelback went in. I think it's, it. it's a year too late. I think it should have been. You know, actually, I just saw a text message because Hal was telling some stories about his days back at Power 97. And uh, um, and this guy's, this guy said, everyone hates Nickelback, but they sell out concerts everywhere and they have tons of music that people love. Yeah. Not so, everybody hates them. No, obviously not. Or else it would not be me. That. Grew up on it's my jam, man. Anyways, we'll be right back. I think the wheels are turning. Wade's called. We should maybe book Nickelback, but don't tell Toth that was a good idea. (laughs) Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Um, This texter wants us to give a quick shout out. Uh, Huge shout out to the Steinbeck Regional Sabres hockey team winning the Quad A High School Provincials yesterday, 2-1 over Garden City. So congratulations, Steinbeck Sabres. That's always fun. Now you're Memories for do, life. Congratulations, but now you're going to have to do that for every team that texts in. Yeah. Well, that's. I guess this is my cross to bear. <laughs> this this is the weight you will carry. Yeah, this is everyone's got to get my kids' team on. Everyone's everyone's got to wait. They got to carry, and this just so happens to be mine. But anyways, yes. congratulations, uh, yes. Steinbeck. Yes, congratulations, Steinbeck. Um, this texture says, this one's from Todd, 204-780-6868. Of course, the uh, Winnipeg Jets against the Carolina, uh, I was going to say Carolina Sabres, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, Steinbeck Sabres. Uh, yes, in North Carolina in Raleigh. Uh, pre-game show gets going at 4, puck drop at 6 tonight. Um and if, uh, if you're just joining us too as well, Josh Morrissey, of course, didn't play last game against Tampa. Uh, he's going to be a game-time decision. He was out there for the morning skate, got a little extra work, I think, testing some things out. Pierre-Luc Dubois did not join the team. He's likely to return against Boston on Thursday, but he's not going to be the lineup tonight, and David Riddick uh, will be between the pipes. This text from Todd, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Instead of everyone thinking Carolina is going to be hungry because they lost two in a row and scored zero goals, Maybe they're more worried, saying, great, we can't score right now, and now we have to face Hellebuck, uh, which they're not facing Hellebuck tonight. They're facing David Riddick. But I understand your point. You have to face the Jets. Uh, Jets need to get an early one and get in their heads. Yeah, like to me, the the a lot of people are saying you should play Hellebuck here and on Boston on uh, Thursday. I don't know if I agree with that. Like, look, this is just a tough week. He saw so many shots. I think that they would sit down with him yesterday or this morning and go, look, Helly, you're going to you're gonna sit one of the next two games. Which one? And the Connor Hellebuck I know would say, give me the Bruins. Yeah. Like, that's just the kind of guy he is. So um, I, I would think he'd first say, I'd like to play both. And they're like, you're not doing that. So mm-hmm. pick. And I, I would assume he picked the Bruins back home. And not because it's back home, but because they're the Bruins. He mm-hmm. would like to test himself against that in the team. But then it's Nashville on a Saturday afternoon. So I, I think Hellebuck gets the Bruins on Thursday. I think he gets Nashville on Saturday afternoon. I think he gets the Blues Sunday night. Saturday afternoon, Sunday night, you could do that. And then you have Arizona, uh, and then you have uh, Anaheim, and there's some travel in there. Like the after the Boston game, you go to Nashville, St. Louis, then you come back and you play Arizona, and then you go down to California. So I would presume the the Arizona game maybe you give to Riddick uh, coming off the road trip yeah, or the first one in Anaheim, but then you have Anaheim, L.A., San, San Jose. Do you think that maybe some of those maybe concerns around, I wouldn't even call them concerns, but Hellebuck not playing up to the standard, maybe he played the beginning of the year. Do you think that has to do with maybe him not getting some rest, getting enough rest? 
Uh, no, I don't. I, I, I do believe in, like, John Shannon's been on this all season, and, and he was talking about when they had that great start to the year about playing him 60, 65 games a year. Some teams play their starter that are going to the playoffs 55, mm-hmm. and then they get him in the playoffs more fresh. I don't think Hellebuck's one of those goalies. I think Hellebuck needs to play 60, 63 he, he's in always, around there. He's, always he's been, played 51 yeah. games this year. He's, I mean, and everybody's seen the stats about him when he play, faces over 40 shots. His record is outstanding. Yeah. I mean, he's – it's – you That's what, what I mean. Like it's, 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 it's you know sometimes we're living in this in this world here, um, Jim, where it's like everybody's the same. Every human being is is you know like oh a goaltender you can't play back to backs because this because of some for, for this this reason or that reason right you know not every goaltender is the same. Not everybody is the same. People are different, right? You got to treat people different ways to get the most out of them and. You know what? It, it seems to me, at least, and I, I think there's an extent to it, Jim. Like, I don't think you, you're going to be running them the rest of the games here. You need to get them some rest. Um, rest and recovery is a big part of of athletes finding success. And the more studies that come out, the more they're finding out that allowing for recovery and rest time is is a huge success. But and ends up in you know long term success for athletes and stuff like that. But you know what what is that rest and recovery for for Connor Hellebuck? Like, what does that look like? Is that is that playing every second game is it taken in, in between there does he totally get off the ice and that's his recovery day i mean it's this it's, 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 right. it's interesting yeah every goalie's different you should have a number in mind at the start of the season based on that goalie uh everything i've seen from connor hellebuck he's a guy that needs to play 60 to 65 games a year and would like to play more and then you have him in the playoffs. The other thing is, is he hasn't played a lot in the playoffs. He didn't mm-hmm. play in the playoffs last year. He only played eight games the year before that. They swept Edmonton and got swept by Montreal. The year before that, they were out in six. Yeah. And the year before that, they went to the Western Conference Final. He's 29 years old. In my opinion, he can play. Like, look at Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. I think that guy should be start playing 50, 55 games a year mm. because he's played essentially an entire other season of playoff games the last three years. Yeah, with way higher intensity. But so, you're totally right. It, but it is individual. I agree with you. It's it's the same as like once we – I mean, we hear that about the Wheeler contract, right? I know we're not. I'm not okay. allowed to talk about I, Wheeler anymore. You're not anymore. supposed to talk about Wheeler. But here's my thing. Like they <laughs> sign these deals and they're like, well, when he that, – that'll run out when he's 35. The same with Jonathan Huberto, who's 30. And they're like, by the time he's 38, it depends on the athlete. There's yeah. been athletes. I mean, who shouldn't Tom Brady have retired seven years ago? No. Now, he should have retired a year ago, in my opinion. Yeah, but you should. just, my point to this is, is you just never know. Everybody's individual. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, he's played 51 games. There's what, 17 left? 15 games left. 15 games left? I'm pretty sure. I think there's 17. But um, so of the 17 or 15. There's 15, yeah. There's 15 games left. And so he's at 51. That's nine more of the 15 gets him to 60. Mm -hmm. If he plays 12 of the next 15 games, I'm fine with that. That's 63 games. And then, you know, if they've clinched, it's up to him. Yeah. I mean, just to go back to the. If they've clinched. Sorry. Well, no, I was going to say, go back to the Wheeler comment. I mean, if you're going to be talking about Wheeler's salary and his cap hit, well, how much money did the Winnipeg Jets take in that they could have spent at the deadline here? Like four and a half, something like that? They three, left three four. million on the table. Yeah. Okay. So what is what does Wheeler's contract have to do with holding the team back? Well, no, I meant age. Like I, I've, yeah. they said at 35, this is going to happen. Or yeah. I'm on board with when a guy turns 30 that you should start watching his production and level. But – 
when Blake Wheeler signed that contract, having seen Blake Wheeler, know his offseason routine and all that, I had no doubt that now this year he's a step slower, but he's still very effective. So, but I, I mean, as a, a knockdown, I mean, name me an athlete that at 35, 36 defies the odds. There's one in every sport. There's one on every team. Yeah, of course there is. And are you saying that because I'm 32 and feeling the best I've ever felt? Not at all. But you're, you're performing at an all-time high well, at that's 32. What that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And you're trying to watch my minutes. And I'm still waiting to peak. And I'm way older than you, so my peak is coming, hopefully. Uh, Pre-game gets going at 4. It's still coming, Jim. You're still climbing that mountain. Age is just a number. It sure is. Pre-game at 4. There's another Alberta saying about age that I am not going to say. You can't say that. No, no. Uh, It's Puck drop at 6. Tonight, Carolina, the Jets, right here on 680 CJB. How many games quickly do you think he should play? Last 15. He's at 51. I like that number 12. I like that number. 62, 63? I like 12. 12, 13. I think, I think maybe, no, 13 is a little too much, but 12. I like that. Somebody tell bonus. That's what we're doing. Thanks a lot. For Jay for boosting the show, Jim Tothy taking all the way until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. See you. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.